Well, hello and welcome to another episode of The Miles Driven with me, Miles. And hello there, good people, from me, Sam. So, it's not a foreign language, mate. I, it's I, not I was foreign expecting language. another Probably one. wasn't that interesting, to be fair. No. <laughs> Although, to be fair, if someone's just tuned in for the first time on this podcast... Yeah, then... they'll be called Good People. Yeah, and they'll just think, oh, that bloke's called Sam. <laughs> um, got a interesting one today, which is the most influential car brands. We've picked out 12. Now, I'm sure many of the listeners will have ones that they can think of in their head. So, by all means... Do get in touch with us if you think we've missed one out. We've tried to be as fair as possible, give mentions where we think it's worthwhile, but ultimately it was what did the manufacturer bring to the car world, to the automotive world, that has really changed things in some way or another? Or has it given us some sort of move forward in technology? Whatever it might have been. So I think we've done that with all of them, although I have to say one or two of them I... I had already decided before I did this I was going to include in my list, Sam. I don't know how you were with yours. But... <laughs> As always, I've done all of my research. Yeah, okay, perfect. Um, before that, though, I'll start with a little bit of news. So, um, I want to start with, you messaged me the other day about a car, and you said, what is this? And I had seen it, and I thought, ah, oh, actually, I, I probably should have told him about this. There's a new Genesis that is out, I think it's called the G70. It's come to the UK... It's been here for about a year. No one so far has really bought one from what I understand, although they don't make it that easy to buy them. So well, no, I didn't even know it existed. Well, they're, so. so they're backed by uh, Hyundai, and they're using this as their luxury brand. Now, we know from previous, previous manufacturer attempts, the only Japanese manufacturer I can think of that actually got into this luxury end of the market and stayed... Is Lexus. Yeah, that's fair. So there was Infinity for Nissan. They kind of came in, went, came back, put their name on a Formula One team. And then left. Then left. (laughs) Um, There is Mazda didn't have one over here. They have something over in America. Nissan have Acura in the US. But again, don't think they did anything over here or in Europe. So basically every time... They've sort of looked at Europe. They've decided, no, it's too difficult of a market. Genesis have decided to give it a go. You can't... They don't have any dealers. Okay. So basically the the system is, if you want to test drive a Genesis, buy a Genesis, service a Genesis, it's all a, a pretty nice service. They come to you, take your vehicle, or they bring the vehicle to you to be test driven. Right. And then they'll take it away. Quite interesting. It's sort of meant to be a bit of a tailored service so they're obviously not aiming for big numbers of sales but unless you know it exists you're not going to know it exists no and they they sort of they're being it's a very soft entry into the market well it is if you're not advertising the product that you're making (laughs) for people to buy the the couple of odd things about it um first off i when i saw it i thought okay they're trying to go for the kia stinger because we know that's a a model that kia have tried to sort of say look we know there's the big german board you know big german group of BMW, Audi, Mercedes that sort of keep the executive saloon class to themselves. We'd like to try and get into that pie. Kia have come in with the Stinger and I think they've got a, is it the GTS. We did a short review on the Mars Driven website a while ago. We got a very short period of time with that car. You can check that out if you want to. Um, that's the MarsDriven.com. Sam hasn't got his bell. So I haven't, but we have been gifted the mm-hmm. bell. Yes. I just don't have it with me yes. for this this current episode but it will be here in future episodes and miles will be getting abused with said bell 
So specification, if you want one of these Genesis, what do you think engine-wise it has in it? You saw a picture of it, so just as a guess, oh, looking I, I, at I, it, what a, it was. A two, a two and a half litre petrol hybrid. No. It has... A tank. <laughs> yeah. A spaceship. It has the... A hot t- air balloon. It, they're offering... One it. horse. It is actually just a horse. Oh, okay. You had there it. you go. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> you get the horse with the vehicle. <laughs> um, they're, they're bringing it in with a two litre diesel engine, which I assume they've got no intention of actually selling because... Oh, it's, I was going to say a two-litre diesel, but I thought yeah. no one's going to make a brand new car no, with a two-litre diesel. I, I think basically it's an old uh, Hyundai diesel engine that is sort of just carried on, and so they're offering it. So a Hyundai got diesel in a Genesis, but the two engines that they're actually trying to sell are the two-litre turbo petrols that are found in the i30s. So you can either have 197 horsepower or 241. Again, what do you think? Uh, actually, this is what I'm interested in. What do you think price-wise of it? You're asking. I know this is the thing, isn't it? You don't know the brand. You don't. Sixty-five. Know. No, forty thousand pounds. That's not bad. So from that side, interesting that they they're sort of going into the market. You can have two hundred and forty horsepower, two liter turbo. There is another oddity about the brand. They are going to be the electric car brand of Hyundai, but in a premium box. You can't buy it. So yeah, you can. Well, you, you can if you know about it. Call Infinity now, ask them for a test drive. They'll come. They'll come to your door. Yeah, but, but I don't know about it. But they're starting their sales with a non-electric vehicle. That's, so, not, that's not a good way. But, their advertising needs some sorting out. We're we're going to sell electric vehicles. Okay, what are you offering? Well, diesel and a petrol. We're going to sell cars. How are you going to do it? Well, people will find us if they want one. Yes, that seems to be the crux of work. Um, it's a bit of an interesting setup, but it seems like they're trying a sort of slow release into Europe, seeing if there's any market, seeing if there's people that just want to be different. They'll obviously pick up a little bit, but they're thinking that once they're an EV brand, they may be able to get people that are just tired of legacy automakers. The only other brand I can think of that's doing this is Polestar with Volvo, who've spun off to yeah. be electric only. However, the Polestar 1 is a hybrid the Polestar 2 was their electric car. So it's sort of, they started off going down this... What they didn't do is start off with an electric, um, a diesel oh, and a petrol yeah, vehicle. Yeah, yeah. Um, that you can't buy unless you know about it. Is there anything else worth mentioning about it? We haven't driven it. It's As I say, there, there's so few of them. Um, getting your hands on one will be a bit of a challenge. If we uh, if we do get our hands on one, we'll, we'll put it out on the podcast and then we'll probably put it up on a video because I'm not... I'm well, not... I'd do, probably do a better job at selling it if we manage to find yeah. one. Um, I'm not convinced we're going to be able to find find one, but you know we'll we'll, we'll see how we go with that one. Um, that's all I had on the Genesis. Next bit of news: Ford is splitting within themselves. What to make another <laughs> to make another joined vehicle with a company just to ruin so that company's vehicle? It, it appears, what they're trying to do is they're they're going to be Ford, petrol and diesel, right, and, and then Ford, Ford electric, electric, yes. And they're doing it because they're saying that if they do it that way, they can build... They're removing the horse off the badge. For the off electric. the Mustang? Well, no, for the electric. Well, they only do for the electric Mustang? Yeah. What, with a Volt or something? Do I don't know, know, what would you put? It's so bizarre to me that Ford... Put has... a Pikachu on it. <laughs> yeah. That's an electric animal. Well, Ford are so well-equipped to be electric-branded because they've got things like the Lightning and all these... Like, they've got yeah. older brands they could bring back. But instead of doing that, so yeah, they, they're going to become... They're still Ford One Motor Company, but if you work in the Ford Electric side, you're a bit more agile. So you can just... You're like edgy. and Yes. 
Yeah, exactly that. It's Whereas a business decision. Like, so they'll 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 have like a jazzy office, a bit like Google's office, where they've got all the coloured seats and chill out areas. That's it. That's what Whereas I imagine. If you go to work in the diesel <laughs> yes. and petrol section, that's just a just a, a an office with a really bad coffee machine. That's what I imagine when you walk into Ford now. Is, yeah, is it, got there's two doors. One door's purple. Yeah, and the <laughs> other one's just a door. Yeah, just a, a, and it's a one's bit raggedy. got a coffee machine inside yeah. that's been turned on and been warming coffee for about three or four hours. Yeah, the other one's got blenders and espresso so you can machines. Make your own smoothie. No, but like really finely trimmed. You know, from Italy. And the, se- and the secretary's wearing like glasses and has got really swept yeah. back hair. Prada's been in whereas, that morning. Whereas in the other one, it's just a guy asleep at a desk. Yes. <laughs> Wearing an overfitted shirt that you bought for five <laughs> yeah. quid, yeah. Um, final bit of news, and it's bad news, Sam. Bad news. Bad news. Oh, we need some. We need to get the sound effect. Yeah, there. we do. Okay. Well, well, there's there's some good news. Yay! I'll, well, it's not. But <laughs> the bad news is so a cargo ship called the Felicity Ace sank in the Atlantic. It was about two hundred and fifty miles off the Azores at the time. Oh. Fortunately, all the crew got off safely. Woo-hoo! There was, I think, 14 of them. So that, so we can sort of tell this story without there being any tragic ending from, yeah. from life. So that's good. Well, that's good. The, for that going on at the, the moment. Yes. The, the trouble being that this uh, particular ship was having had 4,000 vehicles on board. Predominantly... So that you can get 4,000 vehicles on boats. And some of them were Bentleys. So I, don't, I mean, that, that must have been half the cargo ship. Yeah, it's just mad, isn't it? Um, Bentley, Porsche, Lamborghini, Volkswagen, they were the majority. It was 16 crew members. They all got off safely. I'm surprised that wasn't targeted by Somali pirates. They Well, it was going across the Atlantic. But if you'd have known there was that many cars on a boat, you'd have, gone, you'd have travelled. Some suspicion that basically it caught fire. The crew couldn't remain with the ship any longer. And so they they abandoned ship, and it was then attempted to be towed back to the Azores, but the fire was raging for so long it they had to cut it loose as they were towing it, and down it went, and with it everything that was on board. Now, um, was it one of the electric cars that was on fire? There's a question and a suspicion <laughs> over whether there was some fully electric vehicles, and because they had caught fire, the usual fire suppression techniques. See, didn't work. Electric vehicles are bad, guys. Don't buy them. <laughs> yeah. They sink boats. <laughs> there you go. I've seen, I, but it did bring in the question of if this, if they do, I mean, I don't know how they, they'd have to go to the bottom of the sea and start looking for these vehicles. That tends to be where boats end up when yes. they sink. <laughs> um, whether they've got the energy and the manpower to go and check that out. But it does open a question that if they are going to start transporting electric cars, they, I mean, I, I, I urge you go and have a look at the, the, the ship is called the Felicity Ace. So if you search it in Google, you'll find pictures of it. The whole side of it, is burnt through, as in the containers. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. but, and the side of the ship, you know, the, as they... I'm going to look now while that, you're rabbiting on. That steel must be, what do you reckon, at least half an inch thick. Well, Maybe an inch thick. more than that. Yeah, on the side of the I ship. Guess so. And it's burnt through, down to the point where it's just, you know, you can see the framework underneath. So it was a pretty bad um, incident. The interesting thing from this is that on board there were a lot of, well, I say a lot, there was a selection of Lamborghinis. Now, Lamborghini have essentially stopped building the Aventador because they, they built their last run, ended the tools, and started to pull that so they could make their next car. Now, they have customers that have ordered the last of the Aventadors, whether they be in custom spec or final specification or whatever they may be. Now, it's not so bad if you've bought a, a Volkswagen Golf in black. They can build another Volkswagen Golf in black. There yeah. is a chip shortage going on, so they're... It, it is a concern, 
But even a greater concern, if you've got to retool your entire factory to rebuild a car that you no longer make to fulfil orders that have been already waiting for six months. But good news if you're an Aventador owner. You can sell your car for an inflated price. Well, I imagine you already are, but (laughs) if it wasn't inflated before, it really is now. So um, that that covers off the news, actually. Uh, How how much do you think it was worth? Because I found out just now, looking. Cost of the ship? I don't know. how How much... Net worth of cars has sold. Uh, Four thousand cars. I mean, a small number of them would have been Lamborghini Bentley. The majority, I guess, would have been. This was just quickly off Google, so it's not necessarily true. Yeah, but... Sam. Sam's picking his facts yeah. because he's like, I'm going to go sixteen. Oh no, it's not going to be more than that. Uh, one hundred and thirty-two million. Well, it said four hundred million dollars. Four hundred million in cars. That's what it said on a picture that I was looking at on Google. I did see somewhere that Volkswagen said um, that they had, that the ship's insured, like the, the cargo's insured. They were well, made that so. clear. <laughs> it, it was just an odd thing for them to say. Well, it's all insured. It's like, that doesn't help if you've built those cars and no. you're now into retail factories. Your insurance factories. company isn't going to build you some more cars. No. I mean, it, I suppose they were just saying it from the stock price and things like that. But anyway, that is the end of the news. There's a few things oh. I thought worth picking up. Unless you've got some more news you want to add in, Sam. No, I just no, enjoy okay, making good. really bad sound. Yes. Because I know um, it's annoying you. On to that, let's go. So this is, we've got 12 manufacturers and we've picked them. Wow, I can I can already see the listener figures doubling yes. and then disappearing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 12 manufacturers, we've picked them either because they made a particular aspect of a vehicle or they made a particular vehicle or they engineered something that they used then and that we all use today. So it could be... Just, just uh, it's not. So I'll just give an example. The first one who came up with air conditioning in the car, you know, that's obviously universally used now. So they could have been on the list. Whoever that company was, they're not because, well, I didn't think it was so important. I'm guessing there's people in hot countries that, that vehemently disagree with me. But yeah, so we're gonna each take it in turns to read out the name of one, and then we'll sort of discuss it and give a reason. And because yeah, realistically, we all know Miles has done most of the research for this. Um, yeah. Playing yourself down, mate. Playing yourself I'm down. I'm not playing myself down. I'm just being truthful. Uh, do you want to start? <laughs> yes. So, going to go with everyone's obvious first choice, Citroen. Okay. Citroen, because... So, the 2CV pretty much was the reason. But there is that other one that I don't know the name of, but you know the name of, I think. Oh, put me on the spot here. Actually, okay. I don't think you do. Um, which was... But Citroen was basically for suspension, is why they've been... Added to yes, this. that's the reason they, they made the list because of what did so the two CV had hydro pneumatic suspension. I believe you may be correct. And so you were you were telling me because we were we were reading through them, weren't we? And you were saying that there's that sort of been developed in a weird way. So the the, the suspension's all connected to the sort of center point of the car. Yeah, if you like. But it's what it did, really. I mean, it's what what it meant for the automotive world. Well, because... it, meant, it meant farmers could carry eggs. Over yep. a ploughed field, yeah, which is what uh, that's the pinnacle of what we all need cars for. Well, I think I, mean, that... I often drive over a ploughed field with eggs. Do you not? Uh, not probably as much as well, you then do. You don't drive the car properly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, anything else on the Citroen side of it? Because I, I think there was quite a lot about their. Basically, Citroen came in with a new way of looking at suspension and ride. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that I think we need. You need more visual aids to go with, so maybe we'll do a section on the pod on the website or the Facebook. Maybe 
for that, yeah. To just to reference it, maybe when we release the podcast, we'll do a thing. We'll add some pictures because it's more of a visual aids thing with uh, this. But you could put a couple, you could put a, a, a image up on Facebook actually for people yeah. to see of. But the, the, the car exact. that I can't remember the name of, um, I know that interestingly, Rolls Royce used the system they use in that car. Right. Some of their cars, they took some of the components and the idea of their suspension forwards into their car, and we all know that Rolls Royce is pretty much the pinnacle of suspension and ride comfort. Yeah. Because I think but this is the difference, isn't it? Citroen at this point brought that into the mainstay. Yes. Because uh, yeah, exactly. before so that, it was, it was important. Yeah. But Citroen made it available said, to the masses. Yeah. And we're going to just do it as a... On a, on a car that was produced from 1948 to 1990. Mad, isn't it? Which is quite that's, a long time to be CV. producing a car. It's, it's incredible. When you think of cars that have done... I think there's actually... And you still a, see them about today. People still... Yeah, like, yeah. Not in garages. People still you like drive them daily. Yeah. Yeah, they look a bit odd nowadays. Well, they they've certainly got a uniqueness about them. But yeah, do you know they're what? still being used. Do you know what? As uh, roads around the world, not just in the UK, get worse with potholes and speed bumps and everything else. Oh, I could go into a good rant about potholes. I'm sure you could. I might <laughs> we'll include give that you, on we'll the news you, in the next you know one. <laughs> we could give you that at the end of this bit. <laughs> yeah. but, it, but that is actually the car to own. Everyone's swapping into yeah. SUVs, but SUVs are heavy. And so the suspension has to be tougher. Well, and the alloys have to be better. And so, you, so you're crack. basically <laughs> just getting up to the point of a tank. Whereas that 2CV, you could drive that flat out everywhere. And you, across a, a ploughed farmer's field. You'd never get a speeding ticket, even if you were flat out. But you could go <laughs> over every speed bump. You wouldn't even know. That is very true. You could have your bo- box of eggs or whatever on the basket, basket of eggs on the passenger seat. And you could go to the shops. As we all have at one point during the day. Well, how else do you start your day? Well, you don't because you haven't got a car. No. Still, guys, if you've been listening since episode one, he still hasn't got a car. I know, it's... it's uh... Disgusting. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> um, Would you like to move on to a different car company? Yeah, have you got anything else? So we're saying Citroen because of I'm saying Citroen for... Suspension. Suspension. Okay, and what they brought... And the, the little tidbit of being the first company to sell a front-wheel drive car to over one million people. Well, one million units sold. Over a million units? Yeah. That's that is not. I mean, I know they did well, it over yeah, a very long time, a very very long time. <laughs> but even so, forty that would have started when cars were built by just people in sheds. Or, yeah. or I mean, the, the factory. I mean, it may system. look like it's been built in a shed. Yeah, but, it, but if it, a million things were made in a shed. Yeah, and to make a million of them, yeah, I mean, yeah. well, yeah, so it's good pretty, going on them. It's a pretty good shed. Next up, um, now I brought this in. As sort of an honourable mention, I th- I'll, I'll put it out there at the start, this company is not going to win. But I just couldn't not mention them, and it's Mini. And the reason that I wanted to pick Mini is because of what they've done for the small car. So before Mini, yes, there we are, we'll put in, um, we'll put in air quotes, small vehicle, but Mini really revolutionised the idea of the small car. And it, they brought in a vehicle that could be used by a family that wouldn't use much fuel, very critical at the time of Mini's uh, production, that could actually transport a family and could do so in the tighter streets of Europe. Now, that may have not been so important in parts of you know, the, rest of, the rest of the world, like the US, where roads were big, fuel was cheap. But especially uh, in the... Oh, got the Sounds like you're talking about a dream, a dream land there. What the, low traffic, the roads were big roads. and the fuel was cheap. Yeah, I know. It's like the start because I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the other, the other side, for what the Mini did to Europe, because it 
it spawns the other small city cars. Yeah, it does. Fiat, the original Fiat 500, things like that. They all start to exist. And in European cities where you don't have as much space, parking was tight, they, they were built long before the car was ever created. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So to have a small car that could actually... It's easier to get your horse round a corner. Well, especially with the day two horses on the yeah. road. Yeah. <laughs> um, they... it's, a, it's a shame. I'm just going to choke you. Sorry. Go on. Um, it's a shame that many have seemed to be venturing away from making any small cars anymore. Yeah, well, they like, have they're got... all massive. Yeah, yeah. It is funny. Like it? a mini mm. now is probably the size of my Vauxhall Astra. Uh, only I can only think that the regular hatch would be a shorter wheelbase. Maybe shorter, but it's shorter still, wheelbase. It's still the same I, but I think height. width would be the it's same. It's probably higher height. as well. Yeah. To be fair. So yeah, it's only the wheelbase. Um, second most influential car of the century. Mini got voted behind. Well, I won't mention the car that is behind because that comes up um, in the rest of the selection. But yeah, it was a birth birth of the super mini. From there, as I say you spring other small city vehicles, and although I don't think that will win for the manufacturers, I just I thought it was really worth mentioning, putting it out there that. They came into the market at a time when no one had really done this. They put a wheel in each, the very edge of the corner of the vehicle. They looked at the space and they thought, we're not going to build it big. How can we maximise the space? How can we make it as fuel efficient as possible? And how can we make it so that this vehicle can be used by, I'm going to put families, today people wouldn't describe a Mini as a family car, but... Well, it depends which one you buy. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, if you buy the even, even, To be fair, even if you buy the standard hatch, it's still big enough to be a family car nowadays. But I think people describe a family car now as something you can put a car seat in the back of easily. So which you probably wouldn't be able to get a car seat easily. I'm not saying you couldn't get one in, yeah. but you know, people like it. That's why people buy SUVs, because they're the right height so that you can open the door yeah. and you're at seat level already. I wonder if the Clubman and things like that, now that they're lifted, because I think they're Maybe. essentially a BMW 1 Series. Yeah, so. well, there's, there's the... What's the sort of one that looks like it's a Land Rover? It's that big. Is oh. it a Country Cross or something? Yeah, the Countryman. Something like Countryman, yeah. Um, that's all I had for me, but I thought they were worth an honourable mention. And so they're in there for what they brought to the car world, and that is small car design. Speaking of small car design, oh yeah, let's move on to Lotus. Lotus, okay. Lotus. That's a, yeah, okay. He's pretending like he doesn't know anything about Lotus, but obviously he does. Um, so we put Lotus in for their philosophy of simple, simplify, then add lightness. Yeah, so this is the idea. I think of... pretty much sums up a Lotus. Yeah, yeah, it does. In general, I mean, all of them. I think we're at a time now where cars are getting bigger, more complex, and cars are sold to people based on what can they do, not yeah, yeah. what can they bring what, to your life. Yeah, what can you do with it? Yeah. And which is which is a Lotus thing, isn't it? It's that Lotus thing of look. Here's what it is. You yeah. figure it out almost like yeah. We're, we've you, built you're a removing great... a lot of the driver aids, if you like, and unnecessary things, and sort of just leaving it to the driver to drive the car. Yeah. Speaking just quickly before we do come on to this, I, I was reading. We we did a podcast a few weeks back, which was about Noble and TVR. Uh, just a, a small. Uh, tidbit of information that I got about Noble after that podcast was done. Noble have decided with the new car. I oh, the the naming thing by the way. We said at the time, why have they gone for an M six hundred? Basically, the new one will take on a Porsche nine eleven. The M six hundred was meant to be taking on a Ventador, things like that. So I mean, that was ambitious. <laughs> well, but I mean, if we remember, it appeared yeah, yeah, yeah. on Top Gear. It did, yeah, and along with an Aventador. Was it? 
and a oh. Ferrari. Oh, okay. So that basically, Noble have said it said what what would actually happen if Noble were a bigger company? They would sell an M four hundred, an M five hundred, and an M six hundred. Yeah. So your M four hundred would be your sort of entry point. But unfortunately, there's only room in the shed to make one at a time. It, it seems that 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 actually plays out across the course of ten years. Oh, right. so, okay. So the M six hundred, you can actually still today buy an M six hundred. But the the other point to that was Noble have said the new M five hundred. They got no intention of putting traction control, anti lock brakes, or any of the driver aids on it. Gonna it's going to be anti lock brakes no, on it. Go and enjoy the car and find your limits. I read that. And I thought, yeah, but anti-lock brakes is well. I'm sure you could probably option it in. I'd hope so. <laughs> but why would you want it if you've got good oh, brakes? Well, yeah, why would you want to stop? But if you've got good brakes and good brake feel, you shouldn't. Oh, yeah. I, and to be fair, yes, if you were going to use this as an all-round vehicle, as in use it in the winter. Yeah, I mean you're not going to use it. But your noble driver yeah, actually. That's fair. Anyway, just just a side yeah, note. Yeah. I just thought when I read that, I thought we're not talking about oh we're going to have a traction control button. We're just not going to have any. Yeah, <laughs> we're not that's gonna fair. Have any of the other assistances were going to be you've got a manual, you've got an engine, you've got some wheels, off you go. I mean, that's pr- almost quite a good point to end Lotus on because that's effectively what their philosophy has been throughout the entire time of making cars. Yeah, it's it's here is your car, it is what it is, go and enjoy it or don't go and enjoy it, it's up to you. Well, you figure you, it out. What do you, that could have been their slogan Lotus, you figure it out. You figure it out, <laughs> yeah. But if you think about it now, when, you, when people go out to buy cars and they look at well, no one looks at the weights of the things, but well, no, it's all oh, what what sort of computers has it got in it? What can I can I connect my phone to this? Can I have that? Can I have this, this pop up, this head up display, and this and this? It's all weight. It all adds weight. Uh, I was going to say uh, this is a time when people talk about environmental worries and fuel economy and getting the most out of the least. You're not you going to take your Tiguan on the North Coast 500. And have a good smile on your face compared to someone who's driving it in a Lotus X Siege. No, but you're also if you want if you are green environmentalist, Lotus have built that car without thinking how can they use the least amount of material. It'd be interesting to do a comparison on the running costs of, of like, a, like a, a Tiguan, yeah, and a, a Lotus Elise, just to show how different yeah. you could have your. Just see if experience. it's actually cheaper to own an Elise. It's not as practical, obviously, because it's only two seats. But, you know, you could have a sidecar with your kids in it or something. Or a trailer. Yeah. You know, those things trailer. you get on bikes. Tra- it's, like, <laughs> it's got a bit of a thing with one wheel. You can just have that on the back of the car. But no, I just, this really captured me when we were talking about this with Lotus. And I just thought, we live in a time where people talk continuously about what can car manufacturers do to make things more efficient, to get more from less. And you think, well, they, their answer is two to three ton SUVs with batteries. Yeah. And... Lots and lots of technology. Start, stop if for a petrol engine when you're going around no towns. Buttons. All, all these things, that's their answer. And you think, could they not strip out hundreds of kilograms of weight? Yeah. Offer people, because realistically, people who, I, I don't really need screens in my car. If I had somewhere to put my phone so that my phone could show me nav, uh, the Volkswagen Up, the top models, yeah, they have like a, a plinth. And you just oh, attach okay. your phone. And then your phone connects with the car and four things like nav. You've, do you know what you do what... need in cars? And I found this yesterday because we were driving down to um, Kat's parents yesterday. Um, and we st- we'd we been to some friends the night before. So we, were, we weren't hungover, but we'd had a night of drinking. So, you know, we were sort of quite hungry. Yeah. We stopped in at McDonald's and got 20 nuggets and a cheese bite share box. And Kat was handing me a cheese dipper or a nugget. 
Right. And I was thinking what you need in cars is like a sort of secure table area where you can put a box of 20 nuggets in the middle and you can sort of grab one as you're driving. So you do know I'm not sure it would get past because it might not be the safest thing, but it would be quite handy. You do know it's three points and 60 pounds of your license to eat while driving. Yeah, I know, but I mean, so, who's looking out for that? Well, there was a man who got done with a cheese sandwich on the first day of it. Well, like yeah, because it's the ago. first day. It's a bit of publicity, yeah. isn't it? But So what you want... We're is... not advocating unsafe driving, by Well, the one of us isn't. Um, <laughs> so you want the Airbus A320, where you have a joystick, and then the table folds out in front yes. of the pilot for his lunch. No, I don't want it in place of the wheel, but sort of in the middle, where if the stereo is. If, if you can wheel... have a table that's got like a slightly raised ridge edge on it, so that your box doesn't fly off the side when you go around a corner. Right, yeah. Then you can safely store your 20 nugget share box. and It's quite specific to the problem of I have nuggets that I want to hold. Yeah, but well you can put other things on it. Or, or a sandwich. Caesar, or... Caesar salad. Yeah, why not? I mean, it's probably a bit more difficult to eat with a knife and fork whilst driving. It would be a challenge. Well, not with your ingenious table because it would have edges and stuff like that. Yeah, so. but once again, healthy food is obviously going to kill you. Whereas if you could buy a McDonald's, you can get yeah. some nuggets and eat them safely whilst driving. So, you need, traffic so what you want is instead of... we've At the minute, we've got cup holders in cars... You yeah, I want to, a table. You want <laughs> cup holders, a nugget drawer, a full and dining a sauce service. holder. Oh, you can hold the sauce yourself. Well, you know, two hands you, on the wheel. We've well, got two hands on the wheel, but you, you you have other fingers. You can have three fingers on the wheel and hold the sauce pot with the other well, two. What if you've got small hands? What's your own fault? I, I don't. <laughs> so. What about if your partner was driving? I doubt she could hold a sauce pot. That's and... fine, I'll drive. These are very specific problems to you. Yeah, it's something I want. I'm not wanting it for the masses. I just want it for me. So if, if anyone's lost track there, we were talking about Lotus. We were, and now we're talking about Nuggets. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's Lotus done. And we'll that's... recap it quickly. Lotus is simplify, add lightness. But So it's the lightness aspect that we're, we're picking them up for, because they've always engineered yeah, to be as Yeah, you probably wouldn't eat possible. Nuggets while driving a Lotus. You, you wouldn't. I've, I've driven... The well, the Elise that I drove, yeah. um, and tested, there was no chance. I mean, I well, I didn't fit in it. What have you got, Miles? Is it a nugget wagon? No, no. Oh. So and that's the end of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Saab is what I'm going to bring up. Saab's a bit of a long one. Um, Saab is a long one. It's Saab because of the engineering side of it. Now we all know Saab are no longer a car company, or at least they kind of exist in bankruptcy somewhere, but they don't make cars anymore, and it we can pretty much put that to the fact that they were first. I, I'd actually looked up the list and the amount of things they were first to. Oh, they, they were, yeah. They had the classic problem of we're first, which means we spent all the money making it. And then everyone else can nag uh, Anyone else? Nag it. Yeah, it's going to copy this to an extent. But uh, we don't have a big enough customer base to make the money back that we spent engineering yeah, exactly. this project. So, so a martyr company, effectively. Um First company to have asbestos-free brake pads in 1982. Can you oh, imagine that? All the cars on the road. Prior I mean, to that everybody's point, house was made of asbestos. Yeah, but all, but you're, I mean, brake brake dust. Everyone who's ever driven a car or looks at a car can see brake dust on mm-hmm. wheels. Yeah, we all know when you brake, a small amount of the pad, and we're talking microscopics. Yeah, uh, are worn against the disc. Before 1982, you've got families walking along the streets. And asbestos, just in, in in very small amounts, being just flung off the well, brake. good. The brake discs. Of, <laughs> and so that to me, uh, that was in quite incredible. So they're first to do that. First to offer CFC free air conditioning. That was 1991. Again, it's one of those things that it doesn't really move the game forward. It's just that they're saying it increases everyone's health. Yeah, and it's quite incredible because not many people, unfortunately, will make a buying purchase 
based off oh they they've decided to remove CFCs and asbestos from their cars. Yeah. But actually, if we supported more companies like that, can you imagine now the amount of car companies that we find out cheated in some way or put out a car in production that wasn't ready or whatever it may be. Yeah. And they sold millions of them. And the little old Saab went bust trying to do yeah, the right shame. thing. Um, but, you know, people did try to help them by saying, here you go, have this car, just change a couple of cheap bits on it. And they went, this car's not good enough. So we're going to change everything on this yes. car. And um, the other thing was Saab may have been known. And I've, I've mentioned safety things so far or health things. Yeah. But they were a little bit mad. They were a little bit exciting. It's almost as yeah, if... Oh, yeah. That people at Saab... There's they... a reason that architects are the stereotypical Saab customer. Yeah. It, it, there was a, a sort of a madness. Like, it's as if everyone said to them, between the hours of nine and four, we do sensible, better things for the world. But from four until five o'clock... We open the purple door. Yes. And everyone <laughs> goes... Come through. And you just go mad in there until, <laughs> until everyone clocks off. Because first... Uh, car to produce with a turbo engine with a wastegate boost controller. You could go into a Saab dealer and say, I want to be able to control the wastegate pressure on my... Oh yeah, no worries. 1976. Two years later, first to introduce a pollen filter for the cabin. So this just shows I mean, yeah, that's quite good. (laughs) But it just shows the difference in thinking. One minute of thinking... Right. Stuff that you take for granted now. Yeah. I mean, most people don't even think about changing their pollen filter. In their no. And, and if you're listening to this and you've never thought about changing your pollen filter... Change your pollen filter. Go and, go and check it. Yeah, it's usually quite easy. It's probably either behind the uh, glove box or it will be sort of at the back of the bulkhead of the car. But And if it's not, you can blame Miles. Because he's just it. told you that's where it is. Most likely. Um, but it's the, the, the two-way thinking. One minute they're saying, well, we should allow people to get more power out of their engines. Let's give them a manual... Uh, way of controlling the wastegate pressure. Yeah, and then someone else went, "Yes, great idea, and we should bring pollen filters in as well." It's just, I just, what a mad company that those two things are happening at the same had time. Had people that had such ve- different vested interests in yes. parts of cars, and it was like, "Well, if you're doing that, I'm doing this." So, 1977, the Saab 99 Turbo, they were not the first. So this sometimes gets misquoted. They were not the first company to turbocharge a vehicle. Uh, that goes to the 1962 Corvair and Oldsmobile F85 Jetfire, which are just amazing names for vehicles. They did that back in 62, so this is 15 years prior to the 99 Turbo. The difference being, and, I, and I, it sounds funny, but this is genuine, the difference being Saab's genuinely worked, and that was the actual difference. They're known as the first first manufacturer to bring a production turbo car that actually worked, thanks again to the wastegate, so that you could have it and drive it and drive it normally. You didn't need to come to a dealer every 500 miles. It wasn't a concept car. It wasn't something that someone had dreamed up and hoped that it could make it work. It was a real, genuine car. You could go to Saab, buy one, and enjoy it. And so they're the first to really bring turbocharging. And considering where we are today, where it's nearly impossible to not buy a turbocharged yeah. Definitely. combustion engine. I'm actually trying to think there's a few manufacturers that are still going along with it but outside of sports cars I'm struggling to think of yeah, many. Yeah, that's fair. You know, obviously if, if we think of enthusiast cars there'll yeah, be yeah. a few. But like the sort of generic but even widely the, because available. so many little city cars, I mean the Toyota Ago just disappeared from showrooms. Yeah, um, but it's because they're so, because it's so useful. Yeah. Um, is there anything else I want to say about that? First Turbo created 
Oh, and the first turbo, just just as a little tidbit of information, first turbo was created in 1905 by Dr. Alfred, and I'm going to guess... Turbo. No, his name was Alfred, and I think it's Butchie. It's B and then a U with a... I wonder where he got the name Turbo from then. I have no idea, but he was... Um, it was to be fitted to a marine engine. Okay. And so 1905, we had turbochargers. They were just fitted to marine so we had engines. really, really quick boats. Well, they were not... I mean, very early days of, of technology. Oh, okay. But they were quicker boats than they would have otherwise been. Well, of course. So Saab... The, the general USP of a turbo. <laughs> Saab, I know it's a bit of a general thing to say engineering, but just because of the amount of things... No, that makes sense. They brought... They, you know, very specifically, that they would just engineer something. And... We're sort of going for sort of the one... The one word, yes. That's what each. So what's what each company's brought. So that 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 uh, rounds it off for Saab. Well, that leads us nicely from Saab to Volvo, and I don't think I. Oh, but leads... is that deliberate? It, no, that wasn't deliberate. <laughs> 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 okay, but I think we all know what we're going to say about Volvo. Do you want to have a guess what the word is that I've got written down? Well, considering most of them are sold on the idea of being crashed into a moose and everyone getting away, I'm going to say something along the lines of crash. Safety or something. Ah, safety. Well done. You got safety. The okay. What was it yeah. for? Um, pioneering the seatbelt. Yes. Yeah. Do you know that? I think that is. But it's not just that they pioneered the seatbelt. It's that they pioneered the seatbelt, and they didn't patent it. No. Exactly. They decided that has got to be I'm widely gonna... available when yeah. it could have been obviously such a money maker for them. Oh, can you imagine if they had just said, no, we're the only car manufacturer that can sell a car with a seatbelt? Yeah. Oh, which, in yeah, in the way exactly we know them, a three yeah, point. Definitely. Uh, they they could have just maximised their market. And that really says something. If you're buying a product from anyone... Well, it's a very Swedish thing to do, isn't it? Oh, yeah. We have this product. Yeah. It's very good. We could sell it. We could make loads of money. But it's quite valuable in a worldwide sense. So well, it's, it's going to better humanity. Yeah. Save us all from... Going through the windscreens when we do crash into mooses or trees. Is it mooses? Yeah. Or moose? Ooh. I know one listener that will correct us on this, well, so we'll wait for the we'll, message we'll, in a few yeah, weeks. We'll, we'll, we'll find <laughs> um, out. Yeah, so we'll give it to everyone for free. I, I just It's what the world should be like. Yes. I, I think that to me... So there you go, everyone. Be more Volvo. That Well, not modern day Volvo, because I think they're going a bit off... Yeah, but be more Volvo. But yeah, in general. But that to me though, I think, considering the fact a lot of things we talk about with any companies, but especially in the automotive world, it's done to make a profit, which it has to. Of course, all yeah, innovation has to make, needs to make money. But it's 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 not about it's not the be all and end all. When money, they came up with that, everything. no. When they came up with that, and they thought there will be people that have parents, that have children, that have brothers and sisters that will be alive. Because of our product, yeah, exactly. And if that, we yeah. decide to patent it, we may lose; they may lose those people. That, to me, it, well, that's a huge step forward for humanity. So I think Volvo. Are we just going to pick out that one aspect? Yeah, of I Volvo think so. Safety? Yeah, because yeah, I think that that's that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Um, what have you got next? Well, we're going. So some people actually, there's a little bit of connection going on. Some people do like to put the Ferrari emblem on the side of their Volvo, but with antlers. Do they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. yeah, that's the thing. You can badge your Volvo oh, with like cool. a moose on it. Um, Ferrari, and it's for racing. Yeah, okay. Now, I think most people would have said that. I was going to say, no company... Is it the race, racing or the supercar? Yeah. I guess, it, yeah. No company more synonymous with, with motor racing. If, if you and say, the colour red, weirdly. They really have got 
of Martin. I'm not sure any other company you'd necessarily associate with a colour. Well, I guess Lamborghini, maybe with yellow. I think Porsche might be a bit upset about this because they've kind of got silver, but Guards Red is the kind of the Porsche yeah. 911 colour, but they kind of lost. Yeah, they lost that. that. I mean, Ferrari is red, Lamborghini is yellow, and I'd say that Porsche is silver, and that's probably about it. But then, it but then the Mercedes colours. are silver. No, if you said silver, name me a car company, I'd say to Porsche. To you, it's Porsche. Uh, let us know what you think out there, whether you think, if I said silver... But is there any other companies that you would associate with the colour? I'd say Ford, maybe blue, but that's only because their logo, their emblem is blue. Interesting, because Ford, for me, I'd say black, just because that old thing of, you can have yeah, any yeah. colour, sir, but it has yeah. to be black from the tea. Anyway. Anyway, moving um, on. <laughs> so, your Ferrari for racing are the oldest and the most successful team in Formula 1 history. That's 16 constructor, constructor titles. Um, symbol to the auto enthusiast. I don't know of anyone who would say anything about cars, know anything about them at all. Even people that know nothing about cars have heard of Ferrari. Of course. And so from a side of racing, and in fact, there's the old story about how Enzo Ferrari got told, look, we should really sell cars. And he's like, why would I want to sell cars? I want to race cars. I'm not interested in people who who want to buy my cars for the road. and you're just By like, doing that, he's actually made quite a successful car yeah, selling business. Really, unintent- really with a bit yeah. between his teeth. Like, look at that horrible person taking one of my creations away and driving it on the road. He'd driving it slow down a high street. Yes. He'd be spinning yes. in his grave if he knew that that's yeah. what people are doing with Ferraris nowadays, but, just driving them down a high street slowly. And yet, massively, I mean, they would still be incredibly successful if they had just remained a racing company. Yeah. But... There if they, is didn't, no if they didn't sell cars at all, they'd still be. They'd still be known. They'd still be known for but racing. There's so. lots of racing teams out there. I mean, you, you realise how much Haas make on their engineering side. I mean, we know them now as a Formula One team. They don't make any cars or anything. But you realise there are lots of companies that do do some sort of engineering. Yeah. That then sort of step over, but no one's really aware of them until they get into the the, the limelight. Whereas Ferrari, the 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 merchandising company that they are. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just incredible. People buying key rings all over the world and everything else like that. So, um, Ferrari, and that's for racing because without car racing, racing and red. Yeah, I'm just not sure. <laughs> car enth- racing. Car enthusiasts will always love the idea of racing cars. Yes, do it on a on a racetrack and all that. Yeah, sort but you of stuff, can go up but... to anybody and say, "Name me a racing car," and they go, "Ferrari." I yeah. imagine. Yeah. Unless they have a vested interest in something. Well, unless they you know support a particular yeah. team or whatever else, but. Just go if you went to that. What's that game show where you can say, uh, we asked 100 people and uh, family fortunes, yeah. And you can imagine if you said, we asked 100 people, you know, name a racing car, yeah, it would be off the charts for or name a racing brand, I guess. Yeah. There you go. What, what do you got then, next, Sam? I know the next one is something that you quite like, so I think you're going to have a bit to say on this one as well. It's the Willis Jeep, oh, the original 4x4, yeah. So we put that in there for basically birthing the 4x4, obviously. I think. A lot of people would, if you if you don't know what it is, you probably would know what it is if you're watching a war documentary and you see the Americans blasting around in their sort of open top four by fours, yeah, with the the star on the side of it, green. I mean, have you got anything else to add? <laughs> so that, well, as the stereotypical Jeep, if you like. I mean, I know there's a lot more to say. Yeah, uh, well, it, there's there's two aspects to the Jeep, isn't there? There's the aspect of what it did for the Second World War. Um, and then there is what it became after the Second World War. So if we just split that for a minute, because yeah, we've got uh, the words of, of the president. What was it? Time Eisenhower. Yes, it was indeed. Called it one of the three decisive weapons in winning the war. And then in ninety one, I think the British might disagree. 
or the the British and Europeans might disagree. That, I'm not saying they're wrong. Yeah, I just think that if you ask if you asked an American, they'd say that. I don't know whether any Europeans would necessarily say that. Well, we did get a lot of jeeps here. That's what we got. Yeah, in yeah the no, I'm not. World. I'm not saying that it's an incorrect statement. I just don't think if you asked somebody, give me three things that helped us win World War Two, I don't think a lot of people outside of America would necessarily say the jeep. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting point. I think historians would I, I completely agree with the point, by the yeah. way. I'm not arguing. I'm no, just no. sort of playing it's devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting point because, of course, if you are listing things that change the world... Yeah, I mean, the first one, I imagine, for most people, especially in this country, would be Spitfire. Well, I would have thought the nuclear bomb would take one. Well, I'd see, that's not where my mind goes to straight away. Really? Kind of, yeah. end, kind of ended things. It did end things. I mean, not in the way anyone would have wanted. No. But, but once you've... But I think you say World War Two. For me, you think Spitfire. Yeah, but I think that the difference is that I'm really detracting from the point of yeah, the jeep. Just, but... just on the historic point, I suppose what they were trying to make the point of is there would have been no way to get men across the battlefields. Oh, of course. I mean, it was it without, was massive. It's just an it's just an interesting thing for him to say at the time. Yes, I, I mean, obviously, it's it's good propaganda as well for the Americans in the jeep and yeah, the the popularity. And don't forget, in the UK, we we love jeep. We've well, had yeah, Jeep. Yeah. Jeep is probably. I'm actually trying to think. Apart from Ford, because Ford, anyone who's listening to this outside of the UK or Europe will know that Ford in Europe is Ford Europe. So we kind of have it as a home brand. I know it's yeah, an American yeah. company, but not many people view Ford in the UK certainly. And I think in Germany, a lot of Fords are built in Germany as well. I don't think they're not. They, we know they're American. We know their head office is not in the you know in Europe. We, we but. They're kind of viewed as a, a home brand because yeah, we yeah, get a lot definitely. of Fords ourselves that are not offered in other markets. Yeah. Whereas, when you say Jeep, it is a uh, no question that's an American built car. Yeah. Which and is, we've been buying them ever since the Second World. Yeah. We, yeah. we just carried on buying them. So and it wins. It wins a lot of awards, but American awards. Yeah. Like it won the International Historic Mechanical Engineering Landmark. But it was the American Society of Mechanical Engineers that yeah, which it I suppose from. So I mean, the difference is, I suppose, and we'll we'll come on to this. But um, in in other parts of the world, there is another four by four brand that uh, would be the challenge of Jeep. It that, is, particularly in the UK, we may be a bit more uh... interesting. That's my next thing. Oh, is it? Okay, sorry for <laughs> so that. Okay. We'll move on to yours, yeah. and then we'll come back to that one. Mercedes. Oh, okay. And it is a very broad one, right? But it is the car itself. Okay. So a lot of people, you say car, people think Model T Ford because that yes. was the first. Yes. I was going to say, production. if you asked me, I guess I would say yeah. that, but I'm obviously about to be proven wrong. So the uh, Mercedes is widely regarded as obviously there is contention because we're talking late 1800s and what people are sort of saying was a car wasn't a car, everything else comes into it, but. Mercedes are widely regarded to have the first internal combustion engine in a self-propelled automobile, and that was given a patent to Carl Benz in 1886. So uh, early customers for that vehicle included names that you know people have heard of, Rockefellers, Rothschilds. The actual vehicle itself at that point is regarded as Mercedes began things there. Well, that's interesting. So... They're going to get, I mean, it's not a long mention on them because it is just the car yeah. itself. And I know some of them. more you can say than no, that, really, isn't Some it? people listening maybe think, oh, well, they've won. But it's, there is an element to this because, yes, they may have created the car, but it's. Yeah, but the Wright brothers invented the plane. 
you probably wouldn't have them as the most influential. No, you start probably like a Boeing maker. or Airbus yeah. or you know some of the other, or as we would both at the moment uh, want to say, um, Antonov. Yes, we'll give them a special mention. A on special the podcast, mention uh, because completely out of context of the well, no, the, theme but, of know, the podcast, yeah. but yeah. Anyway. Uh, well, let's move on to my massively deflated next yes, point that sorry, Mark's completely mate, ruined. <laughs> look. So mine is, surprise, surprise, Land Rover. Okay, why? Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to lose is this also I hadn't read my notes on this now. So, so. Is, is this also for 4x4 then? So they're both it is, taking yeah. that 4x4 uh, prize in different aspects, I suppose, because the Jeep has always yeah. remained a bit more on a utilitarian... I guess it's kind of a nod to Land Jeep Rover. as well because Land Rover was sort of inspired by Jeep but then sort yeah. of brought it to the masses. Yeah, okay. So that, you know, civilians could then have a 4x4. Well, certainly in Europe. And that, with doors and a roof. Oh, that, well, they, they're the first. I believe so, That's yes. the difference. Yeah. Because they're the first to actually make this a commercial... Sorry, not commercial. Well, commercial in the sense of selling to the public a vehicle that you could buy as a 4x4. Four four. And right. I've just I've just seen that you've written on the end of my notes here, and it's <laughs> a very poetic sentence. So I'm going to read it out for everyone. The, oh, I should save it to the end of the section, this section, but I'll read it now anyway. So, um, Land Rover. It paved a path from the fields of Middle England to the outback of Australia. Oh, yeah. Do you know? Miles Goodson, 2022. Yes. I, I was <laughs> I was actually working on something for a title for a piece on Land Rover. Oh, really? <laughs> just so you wrote it down. You put your notes on the side, and I thought, well, I'll just put it there, and I'll you remember it. You graffiti over it yes. with some poetic nonsense. But it, it, I suppose, yeah, Land Rover, because... So you have, what, 4x4 four four is started with Jeep, but 4x4 four four to the average person or the farmer or whatever else... Yeah, was bought. By Land, Land Rover. Rover. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Anything else on that? Uh, I don't. I mean, Lux- we we, we luxury could talk four by four. Yeah, as well. we could talk about Land Rover for you know they obviously then spawned Range Rover and yeah. and like you said the luxury four by fours and the Defender, we could, we could talk about them for yeah. probably a whole podcast but I think yeah. maybe we'll do a we'll uh, do we a do Land actually Rover. have a specialist Land Rover one coming up there's me it's... saying maybe we should do one we've got one planned yeah. which it shows is... how much revision I do into our schedule but uh, well to be fair to you it's uh, way off on the schedule I think I don't think oh, it's coming okay. out for seven so months it's a schedule that I don't have uh, it, no it's on your schedule oh, okay. you just haven't looked that far ahead no, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I think also interesting, yeah, we should mention that there's the, the luxury side of it, Range Rover, and the Defender also should get a mention alongside the Willis Jeep, because although the Willis Jeep was the Second World War and it was what moved our soldiers around, since then the British military have used the Defender, and it yes. has been, done yeah, an honourable service for them for 60-odd years, uh, until obviously now it's become a point where you have to have things that can yeah. withstand bombs and everything else. So. I want to ruin your next section, but I don't know what it is because I can't see your notes. So Good. I'm going to have to... It's going to be a wild punt. Yeah. Um, go and have a guess. See, I, I think you'll go down the electricity route, at which point I think, oh, would you go with like a... Would you go with a Prius? No, I'm going to say maybe Tesla. Do you know what, Sam? Bang on. Ah, well, there you go. Good. I, feel I don't know if now. you saw a reflection somewhere. <laughs> no. Nope. Um, uh, yeah, I was a bit in two minds about this. Good. I hope, I hope you feel deflated yeah. and ruined. Uh, Tesla, because they have brought the electric car to, or you know, I don't want to say mainstream because they're still selling cars that are sort of above a lot of people's budgets, but people who have company cars and stuff can actually buy an electric vehicle, charge it up, and prior to Tesla actually coming into the market with that, it was always kind of 
auto, automotive legacy automotive manufacturers sort of teasing it oh we could do this we're not going to do it we could do that we're going to do hybrid we're going to do this um but to actually bring forward to the point where electric cars are a bit of a joke of a, a milk float yeah that's what everyone a little whiny said, milk float yeah, that you get at 4 a.m yeah. yeah that's what people imagine now not 60 times of bugatti virons yeah for some of fair. their their ultimate stuff i know they fiddle their numbers in all different creative yeah, ways of course. but the fact of the matter is anything two seconds around that's just insanity from yeah. from what only a couple of days i mean it's in our lifetimes this yeah, has changed true. but this isn't something that has been slowly building this was 10 or 15 years ago they were still a bit of a joke probably could do 80 miles people were thinking about g whizzes and City cars. <laughs> yeah. That was what if you said yeah, electric well, you car. Thought, yeah, you thought it was going to go down the very small route, and you'd never have a family car that could be electric. No, and if you said electric car, someone they thought someone who wears sandals, who's a bit of a hippie, in a car that does forty miles of range, and they have to keep plugging it up at some stranger's house and giving yeah, them a couple of quid. Definitely, Tesla moved that. Yeah, you know, with the supercharger network, so they brought in both sides. They brought in two hundred and fifty to three hundred miles of range. A supercharger network that actually supported the cars, and although we could debate things about pollution, we're not going to. We're just going to say zero tailpipe emissions. Yeah, that they, that has actually become now. I think we'll say mainstream because anyone who's got a company car list, yeah, because yeah, of all the tax breaks for most countries, uh, this is actually a viable option for them now. So, Tesla for the electric car. Okay, and you've been wondering where it is. Here it is, Ford. Oh, you're going with Ford. Oh, you would go with Ford. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So Ford is for mass production. Yeah. Which I think is 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 fair. Yeah. Right. No, first affordable automobile, if you like. Yeah. Well, that's fair. Uh, You got anything more with it or? Oh, I've got other things. I just thought you were going to say something. No, no, I'll I'll, I'll I'll give you Ford. I think, I think. Yeah. But so they bought the, they bought us the uh, assembly line productions rather than sort of custom built coach works. Yes, making things. You know, it make it makes it more affordable to the masses. Yeah, if, if you're producing it that way, obviously it might not have the 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 flambo the flamboyance and flair of coach building. But but if you've got an assembly line, yeah, yeah, of course, if you yeah. wanted to, yeah. This so this was the every every man's car basically. Pretty Pe- much people yeah. around well, certainly in the US is where it has its watershed moment if you yeah. like but yeah and they okay. were named the most influential car maker of the 20th century so that was so the one trumping you i was gonna say that's where <laughs> mini came second uh behind the model t yeah i mean there's not much more to say on ford we all know ford they are what they are affordability yeah. to the masses affordability well done Mark. Go. very good but they, they, that's that's been their usp and it has yeah. been and they continue since, to do so yeah um although uh, yeah, well, actually, I suppose even their newer cars, when you look at it lined up next to, more, you know, the costs of more modern vehicles, they're, they're still yeah, exactly. They're still in that budgetary option. Now, I know people can say things about quality and blah, blah, blah. The fact of the matter is they're just building every man's car, and that's why they're on the yeah. list. So, okay. And I can I can almost sense the listeners wondering, well, the, you've not said anything about reliability. No. I'm assuming Miles might have that. He's definitely seen my notes. Everyone. I have now. I'm, look, I'm looking at them <laughs> okay, now. Yeah. Toyota for reliability. So there's one thing to build a mass production vehicle, but there is another thing to build vehicles that are known throughout the world, every single country, to be the car you go to. Does it, and the, the best-selling vehicle of all time, the Corolla. Uh, That's mad, that is. That's such a mad I stat. I know. 
just insane. And I th- bear in mind, they didn't sell the Corolla for about the last. Yes, yeah, that's what I mean. It only just came back after about five or six years. If you'd have gone. asked me, I'd have said like a Focus. Yeah, okay. Because, because, you're, sold, because you're in Europe. It's in Europe, but it's also sold in America. Oh, well, was, it, was not, it not sold in America? Not but it so is Mark now. II wasn't sold there. Oh, okay. That makes um, sense. The Mark III came back, but it's not that popular. Whereas the Corolla is the classic. You can buy it for X dollars a month in the US. Obviously, in Japan, they're very popular. China, they were somewhat popular if they could be afforded. But throughout Asia, throughout the world, Toyota have just got this really nailed down. This idea of, yes, you can buy a car from anyone. If you want a car that you're just going to keep for the next 20 years as, a, as, a, as an object of something to do with, you know, like if you wanted to buy any other appliance, yeah. buy a Toyota. Well, like even with the Prius, there's a reason that taxi drivers have the Prius. I know it's because it's a hybrid, but they're still running. And that, that falls in under this sort of innovation of, of reliable transport because other companies had tried hybrids. Yeah, exactly. The Prius comes in. And will Tesla's... I, I'm not bashing Tesla, well, but yeah, it's we'll obviously find. because they are electric cars. Will they be running in as many years with as many miles on as, yeah. as a Prius well, So this is where the challenge comes up of who is the backbone of... Because you can say Ford for the fact that they've been every man's car, but when Toyota have done so reliably... And yeah. more people turn to Toyota than they do to Ford. Yeah, you start to think maybe maybe the, ter- the, the yeah, tables turn. Realistically, we're both going to go left field because we always do. Yeah, but just to to finish the uh, Toyota off, um, it's now a case that they are moving everyone who has petrol power, diesel power. Fuel, yeah, they have moved. They have moved them. We should give them credit for that. We're talking about parts, far-reaching parts of Africa, Asia. South America, North America, Europe, the whole, and obviously Australasia, um, but even in Antarctica, you know, even in yeah, the poles, yeah. people are using Toyotas and they're working. And that, to me, just shows this huge impact. Oh, yeah, that, 100%. That people, is the classic thing. I know people like to bash Land Rover and say, if you want to go into the bush, go into Land Rover. If you want to come back out again, go in a Land Cruiser. You know, it's yeah, that. yeah, of course. But for, for reliability, yeah, they, they get the points. So... Final, well, that's all 12 of them, everyone. Uh, now, we'll give you a second to have a think about who you think will be number one. But in terms of our number one, do you want to go first or do you want me to go? Um, I've got I've got my mind made up. Okay, so I've got my mind up. I don't think we'll have the same, but I'm going to go Volvo. You're going to go Volvo, okay? Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm. Yeah, that's. I can't. I can't look past the whole seatbelt thing. I, I can't. Get... The thing with Volvo is. I just I think about all the things that have been put in a car and I think how many people are alive today because Yeah, exactly. And ultimately there's being fast, there's being uh, innovative, there's bringing new technologies. Now the annoying thing is we did discuss this before the podcast. And we had and two... I have remembered that I did actually go with something else but I've changed my mind yeah. during recording the yeah. podcast. Well, because you were a bit in two minds beforehand. I I sort of said to you I'm sort of set in my mind what I yeah. wanted to pick but I thought as we did the podcast, I would I would have a think through and see yeah, if there's one of yours is actually what I've chosen because I did say I was going to go Citroen and you said that was different to what you'd said. Yeah, but now okay. I've changed my mind. But no, I did say I did stick with Volvo because oh, okay, cool. When when I was going through all the lists and I went through the notes you had, I went through the notes I had, and I just thought, yeah, you, know, you can pick airbags and things like that. But ultimately, at the ground level, everyone today in most in almost all countries, it's legal. You know, it's a legal requirement to have a seatbelt. Yeah, almost everyone wears a seatbelt. There's a few people that choose not to. I don't, you know, whatever. You almost said a swear word there. 
but I didn't. We keep this podcast <laughs> clean. It's family friendly. Um, but the the idea that people go home after a bad accident, and we're not talking yeah. about today or ten years ago, all but the thirty time. years. Yeah. You know, when well, when cars yeah. crumple zones were your face. Yeah. And the difference being that people are alive today because a seatbelt saved their life, and that that on its own would stand it, I think, along the rest of the competition. But Volvo wins for me because they didn't decide to try and money make from it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, I think that's that's the key. That's the key thing. Everyone's provided something. Yeah. But the fact is, everybody else hasn't made their technology readily available. No, they they and they. I mean, can you imagine how much they could have charged? You or, mean Citroen would have charged Rolls Royce for the suspension? Yeah, or if they just nicked it, they would have sued them. Yeah, you know, there's there's one thing being inspired by it, but the the seatbelt is the same product. I mean, no one went, oh, well, I'll innovate I'll that, a that a little bit. bit. No, yeah. it's the three point. You know, as as you whenever you get in your vehicle, unless you have a racing car and you've got a five point harness, <laughs> <laughs> you. You put on a seatbelt that basically Volvo said, yes, this is what we're going to make. We've come up with it. We realise it can save lives. And this is the most important part of a car, effectively. Yeah, we've it, looked so. we looked around us and we said, everyone works here has a family. Everyone works here has friends. And, and if we can have a world impact of saving lives, then yeah. it's worthwhile. So um, Good on them. Yeah, I'd I say just the case, as it really resonates for me that they could have made money. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And or they could have just said, "We're well, keeping it." Uh, Ford, when they had the heated windscreen, they said, "Oh, it's ours." Yes. Think, well, you know, but I, but I know. It's, yeah. I know it's not as safe as this, but I'm just. No, but that out. that was massive. The the heated windscreen was massive yeah. for Ford, yeah. and they did use it to. That was their USP for the time that they had it yeah, until exactly. the patent went out. Exactly that. So, for for Volvo to to have just gone out at the very beginning and said we could make the money from this, we could Im- hugely bolster our own pockets from it. But actually, there is a line that they decided to draw. I think it says a lot about them as a company. And whatever I may think of them today uh, and, and the brand and everything else, um, they'll always have a level of respect for me for doing that. Because I just think, I, I don't know that every car manufacturer would have. No, probably not. Uh, we'd, all have, we'd have so many different seatbelt designs. Yeah. and, and um, Or some that just didn't have seatbelts. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. If the seatbelt doesn't come in and it's not readily available to everyone... Yeah. The pressure would have been to the governments and saying, oh, well, we don't, we can't afford to put a seatbelt in our car. And you would have had more and more manufacturers pushing that line to the point where governments may not have yeah, brought exactly. it in. When you have one product, it's universal and it could be bought. Obviously, the price of then in putting it in the cars came down and down and down. The pressure came on to say it, they must have them. So, exactly that. So I think the title of this podcast should be Be More Volvo. Be More Volvo. <laughs> we should take that under advisement, Sam. Yeah. It, won't, it won't be called that. I'll, I'll, but... I'll probably put... No, well, actually, no, give it away. That's ah, the problem if, if would, I put yeah. that. There's, yeah. a, there's a reason why you won't accept anything I want to put as a title. Well, if I put that at the start of this, I think people... We just call it Be More Volvo. And then people say we're doing the 12... Yeah, but 12 they might not, which, Well, they might want people to be a bit more Volvo. Doesn't mean it's the yeah. best. Yeah. Um, I do... Well, both of us know... There are other cars or manufacturers that could have made this shortlist. It was very difficult, honestly. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Honestly, it was very difficult to try and line these up because you're looking at what one company's brought and everyone, every car manufacturer, to some extent, apart from a couple of them, maybe the Chinese ones that just copied stuff originally. Yeah, exactly. But, but almost all of them have brought something to the market. It was just trying to 
really separate which ones brought the stuff that has made the biggest difference for us. So by all means, if you have your opinions, if you think we've missed one out, if you think, oh, you know, there's a there's a really glaring one that you think, oh, you, you just missed it out. You can pop, uh, Sam will put the picture up of the Citroen suspension and you can put the title of the podcast on that one and you can pop your comments on there. I'll or, call it Be More Volvo. Yeah, there you go. So, so you've got your name in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we'll, I'll, I'll, you can message it on Instagram if you want to just private message or whatever else. So that's the end of the podcast, I think, Sam. Indeed it is. Thank you for listening, everyone. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.